Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. It's Halloween, so of course I thought, what better time to jump on the microphone than, I guess, during a day of Halloween shenanigans where uh, a lot of people really aren't out trick-or-treating. There's not a whole lot going on, and so I've had some things that I've wanted to talk about that I'm excited to talk about. First of all, thank you for joining me today, for listening to the podcast, for supporting the podcast. We're coming at the end of a month of October 2020, where we've had, I think, about the most downloads than we've ever had before for the podcast. Literally two years ago this month is when the podcast started, and so it's been kind of wild, kind of amazing to see it grow and develop. We're almost to episode 150. I got an awesome, awesome couple of guest episodes coming up here in the next couple of weeks. If you've been listening long-term to the podcast, thank you so much. I so appreciate your support. If you're a newcomer to the podcast, hey, welcome. I'm your host, Blake Benz. I'm the owner of a business called Good Advice. And really, I started my business because I was so exhausted by how much theory, how much uh, people, I guess, beat around the bush instead of just getting straight to the point on what was going on with their business. I sat down with a woman in HR, and she was talking about how her company's employees were leaving in droves. And I said, you know, it sounds like a management problem. It sounds like a leadership problem. And immediately she was like, well, you know, we're kind of we're kind of bored of that whole conversation. Like, what's what's new? Like, what's the latest thing? What's like the most? What's what's like the twenty? You know, I guess this was twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen at the time. She was like, what's like the latest thing in the leadership conversation that doesn't involve us having to talk to our managers? Because they've been through a lot of training. We're kind of exhausted with that. And I was like, well, that's you don't really need something new. It's just that you guys aren't implementing what's whatever you've been training because your people are still quitting. You know, it's a leadership problem. You got to do something about it. And so conversations like that, I was like, man, I really want to start a business where I can just cut to the chase, tell people, hey, this is what's going on. Uh, I had a woman I was talking to just a year or two ago who said her entire staff had quit on her in the last year. And I said, you know, in my experience, oh, and what she had said was she was like, man, it's just so hard to find good talent these days. And I was like, you know, the issue really isn't the talent. It's it's probably that you're a bad boss. She didn't like to hear that. But I mean, that's that's I mean, if your whole team quits, that's basically what's going on. And so started the business, started the podcast to be able to have some of these more honest conversations. Uh, that's what I'm aiming to do today. We're going to be talking a little bit about leadership, a little bit about management today. Uh, if you've never checked out the podcast before, you can find us on any platform, by the way. Uh, also, we have a Patreon that I just launched this week. It's patreon.com slash good advice. So easy to find. We got a few different tiers on there. 
uh, different membership tiers. If you want to throw in just the price of a cup of coffee, $5, uh, I so appreciate that. That's going to get you ad-free episodes. And then there's a couple of other tiers that involve getting some one-to-ones, getting some, uh, some latest leadership content, some latest good advice content. You'll have to check that out. There's some awesome stuff in there. I'm really excited about it. Uh, And again, especially if you've been listening long-term, if you've been supporting the podcast long-term and you love what we're doing, man, I'd love to have you as one of my coffee companions uh, for the podcast. So check that out, patreon.com slash good advice. But let's talk about what I want to talk about today. I hope that you are doing well wherever you are. I put out an episode, I guess it was last week, on why empathy is so critical right now. We are three days away from maybe the most important election of our time. People are stressed out. They are burned out. Uh, I was just talking to my wife, Joy. We were talking about just the current status of things. And she was like, man, what do people talk about other than politics? And I was like, that's kind of what it feels like right now is like politics are so in the thick of things right now. It's like, what else is there to talk about other than like COVID and politics? So um, wherever you are, whatever family you're with, my hope for you is that you're able to unplug a little bit from that to find a little bit of peace and quiet and to get a little bit of your sanity protected. But wherever you are, I want to drill in and talk about You know, if you're somebody who you manage people currently, maybe you envision managing people in the future. I just like last week when I I recorded this episode on empathy, I was feeling particularly, um, I I, I don't know if disturbed is the right word. I I was feeling really burdened. I was feeling this, this burden of responsibility of things that I was seeing happen. And I was seeing these issues happen where I thought, man, where has all of the empathy gone? Where has all of our care for, for, for people and for our neighbor? Like, where, where has this gone? Like, what is going on here? And just like last week when I recorded that episode, I'm feeling that way again today where I'm having conversations with people, I'm having conversations with clients, and I'm burdened again. I'm thinking, where have we gone in the leadership game to get it so confusing and so challenging when it really doesn't, there's really nothing that complicated about leadership. You know, there are hundreds, if not thousands of books on leadership. And I've even talked to people who have read dozens of leadership books themselves, and yet still they feel like they cannot wrap their head around leadership. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, leadership is not complicated. It's not complicated, but it is incredibly challenging. It's like it's like getting in shape, for example. It's not complicated getting in shape. It's not something we need to solve. It's not calculus. It's not rocket science. We don't have to figure out how do I get into shape. We know the answer. It's I got to go to the gym. Maybe I got to eat better. Maybe I need to drink more water. Maybe I need to sleep better. We know the answer. The problem is it's it's hard when you're not disciplined in those things to actually change your lifestyle, to change your thinking. Uh, maybe if you're someone who's typically been overweight, it's hard to change how you perceive food, how you think of food. You know, if you stress eat or you comfort eat, to be able to change how you identify with. Um, uh, uh, dealing with problems and challenges in your life and separating that from eating 
you know, none of this is really, of course, I said it's not complicated, and I feel like I just made it sound extremely complicated. Let's just, let's just forget everything I just said. It's, it's really not that hard. It's, seriously, it's not that, it's not that difficult. It is hard, excuse me. So, in the same way, leadership is not complicated, but it is challenging. And here's why it's challenging, is because it is anti-me. If I'm going to be a leader of a business, if I'm going to lead people well, that means that I have to essentially die to my own needs, my own desires, my own wants. And if I'm going to lead people, it's my job now to make their prerogatives, to make their desires, their wants, their needs, basically whatever's it, it needs to be top of mind for me. It's less me, and now my job's to make them successful. And here's the easiest way to think about it. Maybe you've been incredible as, an, as a sole contributor in your business. Well, when you start to manage people, leading them doesn't mean, okay, now, now I personally go on and achieve bigger and better things. It's, okay, I have, I have discovered a recipe for success, and in leading people, I'm going to help them attain that same, if not more, success. So it's not overly complicated, but it is challenging. It's hard to flip your mindset because when you're not leading, when you're just in a business, all that it's about is how do I move forward? How do I make a good impression? How do I do well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then suddenly when you're a leader, now you have to flip your thinking. Whereas before it was, okay, how do I stand out? It's okay. Now, how do I make them stand out? How do I make them do well? I'm talking about this today because I, I, you know, disturbed is the right word. I am frankly disturbed by stories that I've heard over the last year. And in fact, when COVID first hit, I, I was telling people, hey, watch, pay attention, because we're going to see more than ever stories of people who don't understand how to take care of their employees. And I say that because Pre-COVID, I was already witnessing some pretty troubling. I had a woman who was running a uh, pet shop, or no, she was running a uh, veterinarian's clinic, and she. We were talking. And she said, "Hey, I I need to figure out. I got a question about my employees." And I said, "Okay, hit me." She said, "I need to figure out. It's it's a question on pay." And I said, "Okay," which, by the way, typically the answer around pay is you need to pay more. That, that's typically the answer is pay people more and tie it to the outcomes that they're accomplishing. But so she said, I got a question about pay. I said, okay. She said, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do I get around minimum wage? And I said, okay, well, what do you mean? She said, I, I'm trying to figure out how can I pay my people? Is there a way I can pay my people less than a minimum wage? And I, I was kind of processing this thinking, am I, I must be misunderstanding. Well, what do you mean? She says, I, I know what minimum wage is, but is there a way like some kind of um, like exception? Is it like when your business maybe is in a certain certain situation? Is there a way to get around paying uh, minimum wage where I can pay less than minimum wage because I just can't afford to pay someone more? And I remember hearing this and thinking, you are crazy person. Seriously, you are crazy. 
This is why, and, and it's funny to me because I saw, you know, of course, Facebook is like the most wonderful place in the world. I, I love to get on Facebook and just see all the awesome arguments happening between like my relatives and friends on like different political issues. And I see people like feverishly typing up essays and like whole dictations of, and it's just ridiculous, excuse me, dissertations. It's, it's just, it's just wild to me. And so I'm, I, I, on Facebook the other day, I saw someone who they were really reaming against minimum wage. They were saying it's anti-business, it's anti-American, which, guys, we have to stop saying this. We have to stop saying things we don't agree with as anti-American. And this is like probably one of the most obnoxious things you can say. But so they were saying it's anti-American. Of course, there's all these comments. And I, I didn't comment on it because I typically try to stay out of this stuff because um, I just get too riled up anyway. But I looked at it and I thought, okay... I see what you're saying, but I also have this woman over here who's who's trying to pay as little as possible. Like, surely we understand that that there there has to be some sort of middle ground here, right? Well, so getting back to the point, she asked me this question. I was like, "No, you you can't pay less than minimum wage." And she's like, "Well, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go bankrupt them because it, I I can't afford to get more talent." And I basically was like, "That's that's your fault." It's your fault your business is not flourishing well enough to actually bring on talent and pay them adequately. That means you have a maybe a broken business model, maybe the way you maybe you aren't charging enough. I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is, but well, I mean, I had an idea of what the answer was, but um, I thought, you know, it's really there's so much going wrong in your business. You don't want to make, and this is so typical, by the way, you don't want to make your employees be the ones who they bear the brunt of your dysfunction in your business. And that happens more often than you think. You Maybe you've experienced it yourself in a business you've worked in where the business is struggling. It's, it's a challenging business. And the people who bear the brunt of that, the people who feel the effects of that are the frontline staff. You know, it's like the old story of, I mean, I didn't even, not even think about it. Just looking at COVID, I look at businesses that cut employee pay versus businesses. I have a local business here who they, it was so important for them not to cut employee pay that everyone at the top took a significant pay cut. All the executives, they took a significant pay cut so that none of the frontline staff had to take one. That is a business that understands taking care of its people. On the flip side, I, I heard a story of a business that sent out an email to all of its employees when COVID started, and they said, hey, if any of you would be willing to take less pay over the next several months, we'd really appreciate it. And I'm thinking, this is so bizarre. Like, this is so wild. Like, stop putting this on your people. But so whenever COVID first hit, I was talking with a number of businesses. In fact, I came in to speak at one business, and they said, what do we need to be focusing on right now? And I got all sorts of like really funny questions. Like, how do you deal with a pandemic? And I'm like, do you, I, I have no idea. I mean, do you know anyone who's been through a pandemic before? But I had a company that was asking, you know, how, wh what's the number one thing we need to be focusing on with um, COVID? And I said two things. Number one, you have to stay in tune with your customers. Uh, if you have not built relationships with your customers, it's too late. It's too late now to reach out and say, and to really make someone feel like you value them because customers are smart and they'll see right through that and they'll know that you were just desperate. But if you've been building relationships over the last year or two, now's the time to reach out, to check in, to not sell, but to check in and let them know you're thinking of them. That's the first thing. 
The second thing I said to a number of businesses, uh, one in particular, was I said, you need to go all in on retention over these next several months. This needs to be your number one prerogative is retaining your staff, retaining your employees. That's all you should care about is how do you retain your staff? And it, it almost sounds a bit uh unintuitive because during a downturn in the economy, you don't expect people to quit their job. You don't expect people to move on. You don't expect people to um, give up their paycheck and go seek employment elsewhere. And so it it almost seems a a little bit nonsensical in the sense of, well, why would someone do that? Why would someone quit? And, And this is what I've seen to be true in a number of business owners. It's a lack of long term thinking. It's an inability to see past tomorrow, to see past next week, to see past next month. It's a total killer in business. It's short-sightedness. And here's what I mean by this. The issue is not that your employees are going to quit during COVID. It's whenever we get a handle on this awful virus and things start to return to normal, your employees are going to be evaluating what life was like under you, and they're going to be thinking about their next move. Come 2021, hope to God by then, things are normal. Come 2021, your employees are going to be thinking, did they take care of me? Did they care about me? Did they adequately pay me? and compensate me for the time that I needed to put in to help keep this business afloat. That's what they're going to be thinking about. And they're going to either say, yes, they did. Oh my gosh, this company is amazing. I'm going to work for the rest of my life. It's freaking phenomenal here. Or they're going to say, dude, this company sucks. Seriously, they're going to say it that candidly. They're going to say it maybe not to your face, Maybe to your face, they'll say you did okay, but to their friends, to their partner, their spouse, their their family members, they're going to say this job sucks because they ultimately, they revealed they did not value me as an individual contributor to the business. And so I'm going to find my job elsewhere. In fact, I've seen businesses already that have had some of their best talent leave their business. I've had businesses where their number one contributor, their number one salesperson has quit because they did not feel taken care of. I mean, think about this. Think about this for a second. We're living in a time where every penny literally matters because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. From like a stability standpoint, from a sustainability standpoint for your business, we don't know what the future is going to look like. And so you you obviously, every every dollar matters for the bottom line. And I'm seeing businesses where their, their best talent is leaving because they're not being appreciated. And, and, and let me help you understand this for a second. Appreciation is not an email that's signed with, oh, and by the way, thanks for everything you're doing. Appreciation is also not a shout out at a staff meeting. Appreciation is typically financial compensation And it's significant incentives that say, thank you, and I value you. Think about that word, value, for a second here. Value. If I'm showing someone value, I'm doing it in what I'm paying them. I'm doing it in their professional pathway in my company. Hey, you've done phenomenal here. I want to promote you. 
You're doing it maybe in time off. I value what you value. So you want more time with your family. You've crushed it here. I'm going to be giving you some extra time off. These are ways you show value to people. But what but what we've done, just like I talked about, I, I did a, a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago on some of the most obnoxious statements in business from a sales perspective. And one that's particularly obnoxious is when a salesperson says, hey, I want to show you value today. And then they try to sell you something. That's not what showing value is. Showing value is literally giving someone help for their problem. It's giving them a potential answer. That's giving value. So whenever I get on the phone with a potential sale, with a potential client, and I want to offer them value, the way that I do that is, I was actually just on a sales call with someone last week, and she said she had a question for her team about her team. And she said, do I have, do I have to pay you to get the answer? Is <laughs> she kind of half jokingly? And I, I laughed and said, no, you're like, hit me with what's the problem. What's going on? And so she asked me, this is what's going on. I said, okay, this is what you need to do. That is me giving value to someone. Now it, it may not lead to them buying from me, but I am trying to build trust with the person to let them know, Hey, this is what you can expect from me. This is what I perceive as valuable. Now, what do you think about this? In the same way, with our employees, we can't say we value them and make value an offhand thank you or a great job with a pat on the back or a generic, hey, I know the team's been working really hard. Great job, everybody. Thank you. Uh, by the way, make sure you're here by 8 a.m. tomorrow. You know, I mean, that's these are not ways you show value to people. And I'm, I'm troubled by the lack of long-term thinking, the lack of value. I mean, I was just reading about a business that, a national business that has made more money in this last six months than the last five years of their business. They're killing it money-wise. And at the same time, their employees are complaining about low pay. Do you, I mean, like, you don't even have to be in business just to step aside and say, Something is disconnected there. Something does not make sense there. And I call it a dis excuse me, a disconnect because I remember the business I shared about last year that had record-breaking profits, record-breaking in the history of the company, and what they did was they wrote the first thing they did was they wrote bonuses to all of their employees. And the owner of the company got up on the microphone at this big employee banquet and said, "You guys made this happen." And so they wrote massive checks, some that got five figures, upwards $50,000. Can you imagine? Can you imagine just crushing it at your business and getting a $50,000 check? I mean, there were people in tears. They were in tears because they felt so appreciated. They were moved by the generosity of their owners. And, and here's what's so sad about this. They're moved because it is not normal in today's culture. It's not normal in today's culture to think about the person at the bottom. Typically, it's how do I get mine? How do I move forward? How do I move ahead? And sometimes even at the expense of other people. When we talk about leadership, guys, we, we, we have to stop making this more challenging a concept than it needs to be. Because I think at the end of the day, the problem is it's, it's not that leadership is confusing I think it's that we simply don't really want to do it, but we still want the perks. You know, it's like the diet pill. I don't really want to go to the gym, but hey, I want the nice body, right? And in the same way, I was just listening to a story about a woman who quit her job 
And she quit her job because she she has two jobs, which a lot of people have right now during COVID. She has two jobs. One job is Monday through Friday. The second job is Saturday and Sunday. It's weekends only. Well, her employee, her boss said, hey, we need to kick in some overtime. Uh, I need you to work this Saturday. And she said, oh, my God, I, I can't work this Saturday. That's my other job. I, I, I can't do that. But, but what I can do is if, if someone else could do this Saturday, I'd, I'd be happy to take a different Saturday because that would give me an advance enough to, to let my boss know that I have to be out on that Saturday. And, and, and the, the boss basically said, well, no, 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 no. This job is your number one priority. This job is what you need to focus on. So you will be here on Saturday. Just imagine this. Think about this. Because really what this individual is saying, what this guy is saying is, is my business's success should be your number one priority. And I think about how ego-driven you have to be to see your employees as widgets that you plug in and play on to make you more successful. That's not leadership. That's selfishness. And so this boss said, nope, can't do that. You got to be here on Saturday. And she said, I, I, I literally, I, I can't. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. And basically gave her an ultimatum. Like, you need to be here Saturday. We're going to write you up. Well, Saturday came. She couldn't be there because she, she thought, well, I might as well get written up. I can't lose this other job. I can't no show. I need the money. And so the boss wrote her up and then tried to fire her. And she said, you know what? I quit. I resign. And so now there's no one to work on that Saturday. Now that now they're actually what's typically happening in this, this circumstance is when one person quits, who picks up the slack, all the other frontline employees. And so I'm hearing this story from one of the woman's coworkers talking to me and the coworkers telling me, and I went to the boss and I told him, Hey, if, if like, why didn't you just pick up the shift yourself? Like, why didn't you do that? And he gave all these sort of different answers that pretty much read like, well, cause I'm the boss. I shouldn't have to do that. That's your job. How backwards is that in leadership? You know, retention right now, retaining your talent is so important. It's so vital more than ever because of COVID, but you have to take care of your people. And you know what? If you don't know how to do that, maybe you aren't the right person to be a leader because it's not something you need to go learn how to do. It's about being empathy-driven and caring more about them than you care about yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to tank your career to promote someone else, but it does mean that your perspective on leadership might need to change. If your perspective on leadership is finally I'm the man or I'm, I'm the woman, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the person in charge now, look at me, you don't deserve to be a leader. The right perspective of leadership is I have done well enough to earn the trust of the owner, or maybe I'm the owner myself, but I've gotten myself into this position. And so now I'm in a unique ability. I'm in a unique position. I have the unique ability to make other people successful. I had a mentor in my life. It's, I've never forgotten it. He was one of the most incredible people I've ever worked for. One of the most incredible, insightful. He was challenging. He was, he was so good at developing people. And I remember he had a saying, it was, my job in life is to hold the ladder for others to climb up. And I thought, what a phenomenal perspective. In a world that's all about getting to the next rung, 
to say, you know what, I'm going to use my talents and giftings to hold this ladder, keep it sturdy so that someone else can be successful, maybe even more successful than me. That's the beauty of leadership. That is what it looks like to take care of your people. You know, as you're thinking about running your business, you're thinking about growing your business, maybe you feel like you're in an awkward spot. Maybe you feel like you you want to take care of your people, but you also have to see the business grow. You have to see the business develop. And so you feel like you're stuck between either or. And I want to tell you, it's not, it's not an either or, it's an and. Your job as a leader is to grow the business, to make those hard choices, those hard long-term strategic choices on how the business can move forward and it's to value, really value your people and to retain and develop your best talent. That's your job. And if that is not doable for you, if that's, you know what, I just, I just can't focus on both of those right now, you are effectively saying, I am unwilling to carry the mantle of leadership. I'm unwilling to carry what is called the weight of leadership. This is the challenge that comes. It's, it's what comes on your shoulders. It's, it's the weight on your shoulders. It's this is my responsibility now in being a leader. And frankly, that may mean that some people, have, when they hear that, you know what? This isn't for me. And that's okay. It has to be okay because it can't be more about your ego and the title you get to put on your LinkedIn profile than the people you're deeply caring for. Let's do better with leadership. I don't want to read any more stories. I mean, I got a whole folder full of, it's basically called Don't Do This. And it's just clips of, of different news articles, different businesses that just did not know how to take care of their people. And then not only that, clients I'm working with where I'm like, dude, just take care of your people. It's not hard. You know, I was talking to a guy who, I, I think I mentioned this before on a previous episode, but he was losing his, his, uh, his uh, team to a competitor and I said, well, why don't you, because the competitor was paying more. And I said, well, why don't you just pay more? He said, well, because I don't, I, I would, I would take home less money at the end of the day. And I go, yeah. And, and he goes, I don't want to. <laughs> I said, okay, well, then you're going to need to get, get used to losing talent. I mean, that's, it, it's not hard to understand. And you're going to have to choose. Is it more about your bank account or is it more about developing someone else's bank account? Um, I don't know. It's really not that hard. But it, it's, it is something that is challenging to say, yes, I'm willing to bear the burden of the responsibility, this mantle of leadership that's on my shoulders. Hey, wherever you are, if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, man, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to make it happen, but it's so challenging. I want to encourage you and keep at it. Keep going. Keep making it happen because even if you can't see the fruit of your labor today or tomorrow or next week, you are deeply making the difference for someone else. So hang in there. Keep at it. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I so appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another guest episode, another solo episode. As always, if you want to support the podcast, you can check us out. Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Very common uh, website. Patreon.com slash good advice. Check us out on LinkedIn. Check out the other episodes. So appreciate you. Have a happy Halloween. Let's try to get a little positive. Maybe click off the news for a day. And uh, let's try to enjoy life a little bit again. Appreciate you all. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.